You were joking that he's always late, right? You're breaking. No, I swear to God, he's always late for everything. Yo, Dom, over here. Hey, hey Dom. Hey. Yo, Dom. Dom's got a bone to pick with you, cause. Oh, I know. I'm gonna get my ass oh, kicked. My I. <laughs> hey, listen. Me and Brian are just gonna sit back. Dom, introduce our guest. Go right into it. Hey, okay, here's a guy. Can you turn your phone the other way? Turn it. Turn it sideways. Vinny? Oh, that way. Yeah, you're just gonna have to do the. Th yeah, there you go. Much better. Yep. You know, I gotta tell you First something. First of all, I love what you did with your hair. You look great. <laughs> and what kind of lie do you have for us that you're this late? Who, you know what, you? Um, yeah. I, I, I should have excuses for my behavior, but I don't. I don't. I just thought. See how lovable he is. <laughs> I told you he was lovable, right? You're gonna, you're gonna like him. Don't let I it thought, fool you. He, he's mean. I thought you were doing eight o'clock your time. Oh, here we go with the, any. That's Dom. You're right. That's very believable. It's, yeah. I did. I, listen, what kind of man does a podcast at five o'clock PST? I thought I was geared for eleven o'clock tonight. Uh, Dom, What's he that? does. He does have. Look, I mean, yeah. you said that. He if you divide it. Let's face facts. It's bulletproof. As an excuse. It's, <laughs> Fucking bulletproof. Well, thank How you old is your daughter, the one that on your or, or outgoing mail? Uh, the one that what? The one that left that message at the end. Your outgoing thing? She's 28 now. She's 28 now? <laughs> no, no, she's 10. But the message oh. might be from when she was three or four. Very and long. That's the cutest thing you've been involved with in your life. It's, it's hand down the best thing I ever did. That message... Is the best message I've ever done. Dom, you look fantastic. For some reason, I thought you were going to look bad, but you look great. Well, I had plenty of rest waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And, and by the way, uh, who's your who's the producer? Brian, right? Yes, sir. Brian, just, I'm not blaming you. Does it sound like I'm blaming you? It sounds like but, you're blaming me, but it's okay. No, 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 I'm not blaming you. But I, I think... Dom probably said to you, hey, Vinny, the fuck up. Make sure you call in advance. I said, you always lie, but you're, you're so likable, you know, people don't care. He did say that. <laughs> he did say that before we started recording like three times. And I will not take it back. <laughs> Listen, I just don't, I just don't know how to say this any other way. Really? I would fire your producer. That's what I would do. You do what you want, Dom. <laughs> Thanks for your advice. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's like Zach. Vin, you really have a reputation of being late, or is Dom just like uh, being a ball breaker? He said okay. you have a re you you have a reputation of being. Look late. at him. He's asked to think about the bullshit he's going to say to you. No, no. <laughs> think okay. of a contemporary. I, I want you to know that I do have a reputation for being just barely on time or slightly late. <laughs> But, wow. <laughs> but I've really been trying to reform myself. And so when when the call came in, I saw the call come in twice. And I was actually, I didn't know the number. So I, I, and then I saw Dom's number come in. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. And then I called back right away. Now, I've been reforming myself. When I saw Dom's number came in, I broke into a sweat because <laughs> I don't like being asked. So... And I gotta tell you, now it's just a sweat But you did body. say you just wrapped another podcast. Was that? I did. 
Oh, you did? did? Oh, see that, Dom? He was lying. He wasn't lying. And he wasn't lying, Dom. And it, it wasn't even a lie. It was a pre-record. There was no excuse. And let me say this about the sweat that I broke into. <laughs> it wasn't just an upper body sweat. I have a full ass crack sweat going on. So, oh. <laughs> Vinny, I, I, I apologize to you for you being late. <laughs> We're sorry. Sorry we sat here for 25 fucking how, minutes. How, how far back does this friendship go? When did you guys meet? I met Dom in, I'm going to say, it was a pretty interesting story. I, I, it was a, I it was a fr Friday night in the summertime, and you gave me five grand for two shows. Yeah, and but, you know, Dom, I don't want to say who because, you know, you're still friends with him. But if you remember, I had put an offer out because Dom – a, I, I've always been a fan of Dom, and uh, and B, we wanted to get him in the room, and I put an offer out, and I kept calling about the offer, and calling about the offer, and calling, and I couldn't get anywhere, couldn't get any traction, and so I stopped calling, and I put the offer in, I'm going to say 17 weeks in advance, and then on the Monday before that Friday, Dom's agent calls and goes, I got good news, I go, I heard from you, what's the news? Dom will be there Friday. And I'm like, I, that's not still available. That's, and that's how we did our first date. It, it, we got in an argument, not, not Dom and I, me and the agent. And then we remade the date up. And it, it's very difficult to meet Dom and not become friends with him because he's. Hey, Vin, it's good to see you. <laughs> it's good to see you. What can I Dom. say in the end? It's good to see you. It, it, listen, you know what I'm saying is true. It's very hard not to be your friend. You're, you're, uh, you know, you're a great guy. You're a nice guy. You're funny as shit. It's all good. Did, did, he, work, did he work that Friday after that Monday? Did you just make that no. happen? Oh, okay. No. I was going to say, no. that's that's short window to promote. No, we Ooh. couldn't do it. Yeah. And, um, and oh, then he's got a great crub. Yeah. Dom, did we do... We didn't meet at Vita's. We met at my club, right? I don't. Yeah, I think so. I don't think I met with you with Mark. Mark's no. a whole other story, by the way, with the Paul up his ass. So, can you do I thought, his? I thought, I thought we don't name drop people on this podcast, no, Dom. You told we, me that. No, we only name drop. He people told on me the show. that rule, episode two. He said tone it down with the name dropping. You We're know, in episode eighteen now. I, let me say this: I, I do not name drop. <laughs> I learned my lesson. I was hanging out one day with Robin Williams and. Uh, <laughs> you know Robin Williams? <laughs> uh, I don't name drop because if I drop names, most of the names I could drop, those people only know me when I'm writing them a check. Whereas Dom, we talk a lot more than when I'm writing them a check. Uh, sometimes we talk about the check bouncing. <laughs> <laughs> His wife's really hot too. Thank you, Dom. Thank you. I, I'm glad we worked that in, Dom. Thank you well, very much. We, we we learned you have a hot you have a hot wife and a hot daughter. That's what Dom was saying before you logged in. Uh, you know, well, I, I think uh, I think Dom probably learned to talk that way from his good friend Harvey Weinstein. And uh, <laughs> Harvey Harvey says hello, by the way. Dom, that's your friend. We're learning something new right now, Dom. I don't know, Greg. We name dropping? We're name dropping Harvey Weinstein. Uh, 
of course, Dom, obviously very tight with, um, with, with what's his name? I can't think of the name. The Pudding Pop guy. Cosby. Bill Cosby? You couldn't think. <laughs> Bill Cosby, what? Yes. You I said you're tight, you're tight with Bill Cosby, Dom. You were friends with Bill Cosby. Well, we're Philly. from Philly. It makes sense. Right. Will, Will Smith and I went in boxing lessons. You believe that's it? Chris Rockman. Well, last night was the Oscars, and I I didn't watch it, but I heard uh, Jimmy uh, Kimball did a great job. He talked about it a little bit. Did you say Kimball? Or Kimball? Kimball. Jimmy Kimball. (laughs) I said it right. Kimball. You know, I'm going to tell you this. I I was very nervous watching the Oscars, and I felt like I I was going to win something. But I just wanted to, like... (laughs) We like to spend Don Myrera with a good guy, pretty funny, and crying and shit. Nothing, nothing I got. You know, I don't watch the Oscars because it's it's all bullshit. I w- but if I were involved in the Oscars, if I were in the Academy, it would be the most important night on the planet. Of course. <laughs> since I'm not involved. Fuck it. Did you re-watch the Oscars, Steve? I did not. No, no, I'm saying. I watched some of it. But whenever, watch. a com- whenever a comedian takes part in something like that, I, I do try to watch some of the clips on YouTube. I'm guilty of that because I'm a stand-up <laughs> nut. So I like seeing that kind of stuff. If they have a good monologue and all that, you know, I like watching that. Well, you know, all kidding aside. Yeah, that was all great those... timing with the, with the Super Bowl music. What was that, Monday Night Football? Yeah. Is that me? Uh, all award shows need comedians because without them, the shows are unwatchable. I mean, it's just a self-aggrandizing moment. I yeah. like the People's Choice Awards when Hollywood gives the normal guy a chance to shower love and affection and money on these superstars. <laughs> it's like <laughs> just once in the People's Choice Award, I'd like to see someone go, you know, my plumber Bobby. He's amazing. <laughs> That's all. Did you see that girl's tits? You can't say what? that. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> what girl are you talking about? So, Dom, uh, we talked just two weeks ago before I was invited on your illustrious podcast. And in that two or three weeks, uh, I want you to know that for the first time ever, I put a special out. It's on YouTube. It's not a special like you got. Um, but the nature of the beast has changed, right? So uh, it was either Netflix or YouTube. I see it. It was on. It's on Helium's uh, YouTube. It's great. Very did funny. you watch it? I did watch it. What did you think? Very funny. They did a Thank really good very- job. They did a very good job. Thank you very much. I'm very happy with it. And uh, it's one thing I always say. I'll bullshit aside. Dom always gave me uh, chops as a comic. Dom always said I was funny. He always said I went too long, but I was funny. (laughs) 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 Not only am I late, but I'm long. How how many times did you tape for your special? How many times did you shoot? Just one, one take? One take, and... This listen, this isn't they called me up a week and a half in, in advance and said, Hey, you want to shoot a special next Saturday? So somebody dropped out. 
But here's the thing. I'm doing it a long time, and, and I genuinely know what I wanted to do. But I didn't run the set anywhere. So oh. I hadn't worked long in a long time. So I just went up and did it. But that made it a lot of fun for me because there was no mental pressure of I have to do this joke and this joke and this joke. And man, I'll tell you, like Chris Rock just did his live. I didn't watch it yet. But that's what I think everyone should be doing. Because if you watch Dom live, I, I don't know, things are happening and he's reacting to it. Yeah, well, when we when we had Bob Kelly on, he said when he taped his with Louie, that Louie produced it and Louis C.K., and he said, look, if something funny happens, I don't edit anything that's funny. It stays in. Yeah. So it was, it was very much that kind of style. Yeah. If, so, if you improv or something happens in the moment, it's staying in. I have never watched not one comedy special start to finish because the element of Raw isn't there. So I just don't watch them because I just know that it's it's overdone, right? It's the opposite of a movie. In a movie, you know, if you're watching a, you know, a period piece about the Civil War and someone leaves a Starbucks cup in the scene, right. well, that would ruin the movie. But in a comedy show, the Starbucks cup belongs in the set, right? Because that's what comedy is. And it's always amazed me that guys don't do specials in clubs because it's just more fun. Brett, now, Brett, Brett Ernst did his in a club when I yes. when I met you the, the night after. But Brett Brett had his set like on cue cards and was was trying to follow a certain system. Um, Dom, do you agree? Like going up there and just like like not going on, like on script or anything do you agree would it, would well it, i think it, i think you just it's really important to be funny right but it's like i would do like if i can't think of anything funnier i'll do my act you know what i mean so like yeah. trying to be loose and it's nice that you don't have to be so oh you can't believe he said that that was quick you know it's like I think I, I would rather be so funny the first five minutes, and I, and I thought, wow! In my head, I'm going, Geez, I only got uh, thirty minutes left. This is great. You know. I uh, I watched um, I watched the Chris Rock special, and I even though it was shot live, it didn't seem natural at all. At all. At, like I, I didn't think it was I didn't think it was very natural at all. It didn't really seem like his like his. He stuff. couldn't wait to he couldn't get wait to get to the to the Will Smith thing. You think that's what yeah. it you was? could say? I, I, watching him, he's so fucking good. He's so smart, likable, and you watching him. Then he, then he goes into the world, which he really never really did in front of a big crowd. He was he was phenomenal. You I mean like, oh, this is, what do you think? You thought this is good? Boom! Watch him take these people down. He's, he's, he's so he's not like a guy that you expect to do that. You know, he's he's like he's laughing. You know, naked and motherfucker, but he's you know he's funny. Anyway, one of the best, I think. I don't think there's anybody better than him at stand-up comedy. It's just when you get that good, it's just it's a matter of taste. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I, would I, agree, think, I would agree with that. Yeah. I think if you watch R.I.P. Fat Bobby Dom, you would change your opinion on someone being better. Now. <laughs> That's Vinnie Brand's special, by the way, Dom. Vinnie Brand's an excellent stand-up comedian. 
and it's, uh, it's on it's on helium's uh not for a, a club owner just for, for real yep here we go we got a shot look how professional our producer brian is Vinny brand that you were uh being a little rough on in the beginning you know it's funny i i, <laughs> I think we should fire the producer i'm with you i think we should no, fire i've the never whatever happened in apple's world they changed the way my email gets read and I didn't ask him to do that, okay? It's annoying to me. If I sent him an email that said, hey, make my life more difficult, I could understand. I can't. So, then, anyway. We, we, we were just asking you know, that story about you and Dom. What, what year was that? Was that long ago? Or was it the past 15 years? I'm gonna, no, longer than that. I'm going to say that was 19... You're going to say it or you're going to say it? 91 or 2. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because, 91 or 92. You opened your club in 91, right? I read. So your club. 91. And then I opened the club in 91 in a hotel. And then we moved from one hotel to the other. And then in 94, I moved it into its current location. And, the, you know, listen, the best fun part of the story is when I had to build the new club, I had just recently divorced and I lived in a boarding house. And, you know, when I was in the hotel, the hotel, I didn't have food or beverage or anything, I, you know. So when I built the location that we're in now, I was living in a boarding house in East Brunswick. I had no car, no cell phone. I was legitimately poor. So people will talk to me about the club and, you know, sometimes they'll say, well, would you move the club? And the answer is no, because one, I love the room. And two, that room literally changed my life. I mean, it went from, you know, I, I people tell you money can't buy you happiness. Listen, I know it can't, <laughs> but I've been poor and I've had a little bit of money. And I can tell you right now, poor sucks more. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Uh, mm -hmm. Money can't buy you happiness, but poor can sure buy you some misery. And uh, I, I, so... What were you doing that made you start the club? What was I doing when I started the club? Yeah, like what what made you what made you decide <laughs> to start it? <clears throat> so, I could tell by talking uh, to you guys that uh, are are you are either one of you comics? I'm not. No, I just worked your club for Brett. Oh, Steve! That's yeah, of course, Steve. I'm not even so, <laughs> I made a good Dom. I made a good impression. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you do after you see the show? Dom, I told you what he did to me, right? He he brought me up. He said, "What can I bring you up to?" I said, uh, "Co-host of the Yo Dom podcast with Dom Herrera," and he held my hand and he went, "Anybody that works with Dom Herrera can't come to my club," <laughs> and he kept holding it. <laughs> I told him, "I go, you know about my problem with Dom," and. You know, Brian, like right away, Steve got all kinds of serious. And uh, I go, and Steve goes, no, no. And I go, you're fucking with me. I know you're, I know you're messing with me. I, you're saying, Dom, someone must have told you, Dom and I have an issue. And uh, Steve was very upset about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, Steve, how long are you doing comedy? Uh, it'll be uh, 10 years. Okay. So, in 91... Or 89, really, 88, 89, when I started doing comedy. I owned a flower shop and a construction company. I was in a very, very unhappy marriage. And comedy was in a boom. And everyone you saw, it was, you know, uh, Fox's 
uh, Fox had their show, not Comic Strip Live. It was, it maybe was Comic Strip Live. The Evening at the Improv, Comic Strip Live, Caroline. And as a, a guy that isn't in the industry, you're watching those shows and you're going, well, that, that's not funny. Or some of it wasn't funny and some of it was great. Mm-hmm. But as a young comic or a young guy that wants to be a comic, you're watching that going, well, I can be that funny. So that's what made me want to start doing comedy was the mistaken belief that that's all there was to it. Meaning, right. you know, what you saw on TV, sanitized, scrubbed of any controversy was all guys were doing. Uh, and then there was the breakout guys that were on HBO. That that was a whole different world. So I like, I like, Dom, so, like Dom Herrera, by the way. Well, a hundred percent. And you know, you saw those guys, and you were like, okay, well, that's that's amazing. And maybe I'm not that guy, uh, but I, I'm better than this guy on you know on Channel Five at eleven o'clock at night. And for the record. I wasn't, right. Uh, but um, I was in a very unhappy, very unhappy marriage. I, you know, <coughs> no joy in my life. So I started doing stand-up, and you know, the first time I did a show, the first time ever, I, re- honest to God, I killed, and I did not prepare. It was all off the cuff. So in my head, I'm like, I- I'm going to be a superstar because I wasn't even prepared. So that week I wrote all these jokes. I got so ready. And one of the things I did, because all the other guys on that show were sweating profusely, and I just had a killer six minutes. I didn't break a sweat. So my plan was I would do two or three minutes of killer material, and and I wrote jokes. And then I prepared a prop act. And the prop act was, (laughs) this is the most embarrassing, humiliating moment ever. I took uh, the the clear line you see in a fish tank and I hooked them up to bulbs of water and I put one in each armpit and one in my groin. Look how happy Dom is because <laughs> he knows how bad it's going to be. So I was going to go up on stage, kill for three minutes and then go, these other guys were nervous. I've never sweat like that ever. And then I was going to squeeze this tube of water and you're going to see my armpit sweat instantly. Uh, and then I was going to say that I also got so nervous I wet my pants and the other one was hooked up to my groin. I'm wearing khaki pants. I'm wearing a denim blue shirt. The three minutes of jokes that I wrote were so bad that I didn't need <laughs> fake sweat. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I, It looked like I was cutting, cutting weight for a wrestling tournament. and But I still say... Oh, those guys were sweating. I'm not even nervous. And I squeeze the tube of water to let my armpit sweat. And I could feel the water go right down my rib cage. And now I'm going, look at my armpits, but there's no sweat there. So I go, well, let me go for the groin sweat. There could be a pain. I go, I, I think I pissed my pants. I squeeze the second tube of water. It goes right down my leg into my shoe. I've now got squishy socks. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> is staring at me going, what? the hell is he talking about (laughs) now it's my second time on stage and all of a sudden the lights and sound go off and in my head i thought oh thank god a power failure and i look in the back of the room and ward magnuson from rascals is going get the fuck off stage (laughs) 
<laughs> so I walk off stage and Paul Veneer is there. And I go, well, that's it. I quit. And he goes, what are you talking about? I go, I'm never doing comedy again. I killed last week. I died this week. I'm batting 500. And he goes, no, you were supposed to suck last week. You're going to suck for a long time. And that's part of it. If you enjoy doing this, you got to suck for a while. And he's the one that talked me back into going on stage. So that's what I was doing when I started. A flower shop and construction company. And eventually I just kept doing it and got. Did you, yeah. did you open a club for your own opportunities or where you work in the club circuit? No, what happened was I was working, um, I was doing open mic and it was only one night a week. And, you know, maybe the fifth time or sixth time I got a couple of laughs and, you know, it's very intoxicating. And Steve, when you get laughs, you're going to see what I'm talking about. And so anyway, <laughs> so. What's it like? <laughs> no, you know, you know how intoxicating it is, right? So I wanted more time on stage. Right. Because now I know the only way to get good is to be on stage. So I opened an open mic night in New Brunswick, New Jersey for Rutgers students. Mm -hmm. $5 cover charge in the basement of a Japanese restaurant. And they got word of it at Rascals. And Rascals blackballed me from working their rooms. They said I was trying to compete with them. Even though it was a it was a Sunday night five dollar cover open mic night, um, and I was taking the comics were Jim Florentine, me, a guy named uh, Tom Bayshamps, uh, maybe Jim Norton was in the group, and whatever came in we carved it up evenly. Frank Delpizzo, so I got blackballed. I called Ward up, I begged him, he said no. I then started working in this B room circuit. Mm -hmm. And one of those rooms closed down in Edison. Now I went to Catch Rising Star and all those years ago, it was Louis Ferrandi in New York City said, no, we know you have a club. And they really, Rascals really went out of their way to stop me. And um, so I said, well, fuck it. I'm going to open a room. And that's how it happened. Uh, I had three kids. I really couldn't go do the road. Couldn't go to L.A. and sleep on a couch. I had three mouths to feed. And so uh, that's wow. how I ended up opening the room. You, you developed in your, your own club. I did. I did. But wow. I, didn't, I didn't did the city. I, I passed in all the city clubs eventually. And I did all the city rooms forever. And I'd own the club and do the city rooms. I think owning the club has hurt me uh, with a lot of guys. You know, a lot of comics don't want to think that a club owner could or should be funny. Um, the guys I respect, the guys I really like, tend to respect me. Um, you know, David Tell, Dom. Yeah, um, well, one of the first things Dom said when, uh, you know, I didn't even talk about the club. I was just like, hey, Vinny Brand, I, he said he would do the show. He's like, very funny. Get him on. Oh, that's he, very he, nice. You know, well, he, you know, he looked, <laughs> it, it's just adding to what you're saying, you know. Well, you, thank you very much. I can tell you that uh, Rascals, years after the club was open, mm -hmm. I'm home on a Sunday night, and Ward Magnuson called me up, and he goes, it was like 10 to 8. He said, it's Ward Magnuson, and uh, if you tell me to go fuck myself in this car, I'll understand. But my headliner is not coming, 
I know you're a good comic. Would you please come help me out? Because I live close. And I said, yeah, I'm going to go do it. I said, Ward, I'll, I'll come do it. Because I thought it was really nice of him. And he, he right away put it out there. I know. And we made friends. And we you know, we don't talk very often. He's, they're no longer in this industry. But we became friends. and buried, uh, the, buried the hatchet. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, see, listen. Dom, you know, ain't you, it wonderful when, when we all get along? Ain't it a yes. wonderful thing? Harmony. Yeah. Yes. Harmony. There, well, there's nothing that upsets me more. <laughs> there's nothing that upsets me more than when comedians hate each other. I, I, I agree. Well, let me tell you something really funny. Uh, I used to use phone calls from stage. Now, Bill Burr hated the phone call. It was a prank phone call live from stage. And I, they were a really tremendous amount of fun to do. And I called the Olive Garden in East Brunswick. And I lay out some line of bullshit about some problem. And the girl gets the manager. And I'm not paying attention. And the manager gets on the phone and goes, uh, this is word speaking. How can I help you? And I lay out all the bullshit. And he goes, you're not going to get me, Vinny. I go, you know who I am? He goes, yeah, Vinny, it's Ward. I go, Ward who? And he goes, the whole audience can hear. It. And he goes, how many wards do you know, Vinny? And I'm like, oh, my God, Ward Magnuson. And, you know, they, they were out of the business at that point. And he was managing restaurants and uh, very, very funny. Yes, wow, the business is too small not to get along. Uh, too small. Uh, so, you know, I love it all. Steve, did you enjoy the club? I loved it. It, it reminded helium is like my home base, like growing up and like being here in Philly and everything. And it had, it had a similar, uh, a similar feel like the, the low ceilings, the people right on top of you. It, it was, it was great. Uh, the, the Connecticut room was a little different than what I, I expected. Um, I, someone told me it was a bank very wide. You know, uh, two Brett shows, they were on the top tier up top. But it's it's a completely different feel than uh, than a room where it's very condensed and tight. You're the room in Connecticut, when it's full, is amazing. Because you have that feeling of seeing people up, mm -hmm. and it, it feels good. Uh, and I love the room. Uh, but the room in New Brunswick feels like at any moment something terrible could happen <laughs> and that's what i think a club a comedy club should feel like now we built the connecticut room i designed the room we could have lowered those ceilings we chose not to can i give you a tough question as a club owner i want yeah, you to ahead. answer as a club owner and a comic i yeah. want you to be brutally honest with all the recent <laughs> With all the recent uh, shit of comedians getting hit, people coming up on stage, throwing shit at comics, you think it'll ever change where comedy clubs might increase security? Or do you think that adds to what we do as artists at a comedy club? Like, at the tough question, I know it's a tough question, but, uh, you know, I, I, I've been. Quit I've been bragging about, about your question. <laughs> I gotta give myself props somehow, Dom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Such a great, this, great question. This is what I think. I think that ninety nine point nine percent of the time, there's not going to be an issue, mm -hmm. and it's no different 
than a restaurant or a TJ like Maxx or something like that. Yeah. Anything, anything. Yeah. I mean, listen, you, you see these things happen because there's, you know, it just happens. Now, we have. I think social media intensified it too. Well, what I was going to say, and I didn't want to sound like an old man, I think there's just been an overall an overall degradation of, of values and propriety and decency. Overall. Dom, you're, you're, Dom, Vinny Brand's a Republican. Who would think? Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, just uh, open this up. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. Well, he, here it comes now. He's a thief. Listen, I think we all know what I'm talking about. So, uh, <laughs> what I must say is, I never say how, the N word. No, no, listen. How can you look what at what's going on and not think well, it wasn't always like this, right? I mean. Now, if you read a lot, and having talked to the three of you for the better part of a half hour, I know you guys aren't readers, but if you read a lot, you kind of know it's always been this way anyway, right? So, I mean... Uh, the bell? Are you doing What's with the, the bell? bell? What's that? There's a bell that keeps going on. Is that off. Vinny's phone? Brian? No, is it? Is it? Yeah, it's not me. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not me. Is there some kind of noise going off here? No, right? I think I think Steve is doing a shitty job with the anyway. So So I think that what has happened and your question is whether we'll change clubs. I think what's changed more is the woke moment has made comics into two camps. And there's the camp that says, I'm going to say the most obnoxious thing I can. And it's going to, I'm going to call it comedy. And then there's a camp that goes, I'm going to say the lamest thing ever and call it comedy. And so there's been a polarization, I think, of what guys will and won't do. As far as security is concerned, most clubs have some type of security. We have managers and staff members that are that's their job if something happens we have never had a real issue we've had a couple yeah, issues got, over the you years got, you got some pretty husky boys on the payroll over there I yeah we do that. we do well the funny part is our manager derek in new brunswick Big i mean boy. you look at derek Big and you dude. think nothing of him and yeah nfl guy yeah yeah are you talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's some big dudes so but, you know, I don't know. Do you think it's that big a deal, Dom? Do you think there's that much security issue? Yeah. I think people are starting to be, you know, frightened that because any nut could do with, with what's happening. It's not like this guy's a, a marksman or something. And uh, people do a lot of this shit for attention, be, being psychotic and all. It's the attention. Do you see the guy on the plane when he start thinking? Yes. You see that? And there's nothing they could do about that. I think if, if people knew what the chances are really, uh, the, the odds are, are in your favor, but the, the chance of getting well, something not like that is pretty good now, you know, because yeah, like, it's working. Like that, it's how, about the, that one, how about that one kid hitting Mike Tyson? 
yeah, on an airplane. Yeah. Like, how That's just, you know, he said, you know, what's he going to do, knock me out? Big deal. He's drunk, <laughs> drunk already, and he got he did that for the uh, for the attention. Yeah, for the, uh, for the social media I, post, yeah. I had a good, uh, uh, no, it's a good story, but the Tyson, a moment in your life you think, holy shit. I, I was working for Brad Garrett in, in, at the MGM. Yeah, Vegas, yeah. And Tyson had a show after ours, that one-man show he was doing with the... You ever, you ever see any of that? It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was, I never saw it, no. Anyway, no, he, it was great. It was, on my, Broad, it was on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. One-man show, yeah. Well, he, he was coming back from the day, the day that Ma, Ma Ali, uh, uh, Ali was was buried. He was one of the pallbearers. Oh, shit. And he, he gets at the door of the, the club, the, the green room. He goes, hey, man. I said, good, how you doing? He goes, can I stay down here because I'm exhausted from flying? I said, yeah, sure. So we start talking, and I'm like, part of me's going, this fucking guy could kill me any second just by squeezing my fucking head off. You know, <laughs> but he was so nice and all. So he says to me, um, Oh yeah, I'm gonna watch you. I'm gonna watch you go on. And I says, ah, relax. He lays on the couch, right? I come out. He's asleep. And he, and he goes, oh fuck, I'm sorry. I was I fell asleep. I said, you, you, you know, how do I feel? I said, you, you couldn't give me fucking 25 minutes. <laughs> I said, you knocked every fucking body in the world out, and I'm left with stuck with you and. He starts laughing because I thought, now I can really bullshit. If I can, you know what I mean? It's like, it's one of those things. I know that the story's not that good, but I'm going to say it anyway just to fill some time in. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the story's great. I mean, you got a lot of things done in that story. A quick name drop. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a big name drop. Uh, I remember I was hanging out with Ali. and uh, <laughs> I, I, hang, I hang out with his daughter. Did Mary you really? May. Yeah. She's the, she tried to be a comedian. She was oh, at the wow. com comedy store. That's you know, a that's a common thing. Uh, Richard Pryor's daughter was a yeah, comic she was, for a while, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, Rain Pryor. Did she last long? No. Short, it was a short rain. Short run. Short, oh, Brian, look at you. She Rowan. came in the club. Uh, she didn't perform. She came in the club uh, with another someone else uh maybe someone else's daughter believe it or not maybe jackie mason's daughter and neither one of them went on but i remember thinking this is pretty amazing right i mean this is jackie mason and rain prior richard Pryor's daughter it was an odd thing that to think about right mm -hmm. uh and then they were talking about doing a show but i never booked them uh i did book the Hodge twins. Anyway, uh, how they how they, I opened for them in Albany, the Albany Funny Bone. I didn't stay for their set. Well, I can tell you this: they bring their fans, and their fans absolutely adore them. And so I say, a lot of comics will crap on different internet stars, and I go, look, it's not for you to decide. I don't like rap music. It's just not my music. But no part of me says, well, rap sucks. I say, well, I don't like rap. So with the Hot Twins, I didn't see the set at the club. They did a Monday night. They were all Hot Twin fans. They did it two times, sold out two Monday nights. Their fans gave them two standing ovations. What am I going to do? Tell, tell 
300 people a night that they're completely right or wrong. Yeah, yeah we, we talked we talked with Dom on another episode about um, Internet or actors that got into comedy that actually developed into good stand ups. Uh, he brought up Jeremy Piven. Like, are there anybody yeah. comes to mind that you could think of that really surprised you? Like they got they got really strong. Well, like they. Yeah, P- Piven did well. Uh, I haven't seen him. In, I got him coming up again. I know he's working hard at it. I mean, it's amazing because he made himself a comedian because he's such yeah. a good actor. He acts like a comedian. He doesn't have the soul of a comedian. He's not that funny. <laughs> And he just doesn't have any that soul, you know. He's he, everything we see is it's super, superficial, but, it, but he's good. I mean, I wouldn't laugh at him, but I go, "Fuck it, he's got a good memory." You know. He's well, you so know, I was, just, I was just talking to, to Tony Rock. Tony Rock was in the club in Bridgeport, <laughs> and um, we were talking about him and Chris. And he said, "Well, one of the reasons Chris and he don't work out is listen, socially, Chris is far more introverted than I am." I go into a room and I'm like, hey, the party's here, blah, blah, blah. And Chris says, well, I'm going to go up on stage and kill. I'm going to get off stage. That's not what I do. Mm-hmm. So on paper, if you saw Chris Rock backstage, he's definitely quiet, right? He's not he's not gregarious in the way that Tony is. So with Piven, I talked to him backstage. It wasn't very long. He went up on stage. They loved him. He did a lot from Entourage. And I know what you're saying there with the soul of a comic, but I think you could say that about a lot of guys. I mean, I, the few times I hung out with Richard Jenny, he was well into his career. He was not a happy dude in the green room. Oh, he, I well, mean, he shot himself in the head, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> he was a happy guy. Dom, and then where, he shot way himself. to find the humor, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> Dom, you can't, get, you can't judge a guy on one day. Uh, Tony Rock should hit somebody. It would, it would put him over the top as a, as a celebrity. He's a good comedian, good guy. He should just smack some a woman. He should hit a woman. <laughs> Have either a pregnant woman? Kick a, <laughs> did did either one that, of you guys uh, ever work with Charlie Murphy? I was watching a bunch of his videos online last night, and yeah, he's I he's apparently he's man. apparently somebody that wasn't a stand-up. That Chappelle show. Ended up folding, and he went. I, I I heard on a podcast that Charlie Murphy would MC, and uh, was Donna Rawlings and Bill Burr, and they would they would tour. No, listen, I had Charlie at the at the club. I've watched Charlie do at least at least twenty four shows, and I can tell you <laughs> that I watched twenty four shows. I can't tell you one where he said I couldn't understand him. The uh it, but he murdered murdered. He and he was a great guy. A really nice down to earth guy. Dom, did you but work we, with him, Dom? Murphy? Charlie Murphy. The brother Eddie I Murphy. I think so. I, I remember being on a TV show where it was like a, six people lined up, you know. I'm pretty sure I, I worked with him. Everybody liked him. I remember that and affable guy, not like his brother, you know. I don't know Eddie. I can tell you Charlie was. I never liked Eddie. Is that I right? Liked, I tried, but he, I didn't like the way he treated people. Like he'd make fun of them, and just bouncers and stuff. And I'm thinking, these guys could rip your fucking arms off, you know, because you're, you're the boss. You can say whatever you want. 
I, mean, I know he's good. I just, I, I just never liked him. That's, that's you know, good. I never met him, but Charlie was everything you said. Very nice, very sweet, uh, treated everybody kindly. Um, really good guy. Uh, and I thought he was funny. I really did think he's funny. A lot of stories, a lot of great stories. Uh, calling the characters back. It wasn't stand up the way Jenny did stand up. I mean, like the funny. It wasn't like the funny stand up. What's that? It's like you know, it's the funny stand up that you know it's kind of corny. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Dumb. People are going, "What a nice guy!" They, he's still on. I, 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 can't, I don't understand it. But did but, you? Uh, no, no. I, don't you think there's a lot of comics? That off stage don't have the soul of a comedian. Yeah, of course. Right, they're good when writers. Strong, when you're as strong as I am, everybody looks bad to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> That's Dumb true. That's true. But you know, some guys backstage are just not fun to hang with. I think, by the <laughs> way, I think that's become more common, particularly with. Some of the internet guys that blew up really quick and they never had to do the grind. So they don't understand. And maybe they don't appreciate. They don't, they don't understand the culture. And they don't maybe don't appreciate, you know, listen, uh, you know, I'm sure Dom did it. I did it. I, I would drive into New York City, leave my house at seven o'clock at night to get to the comic trip by 815 to put my name on the late night list I do that and now. sit there I do that for three now. hours and wait for the late night. To, because once you got passed, it, it, you still had to do late st night. It still goes on. It does. You know, like, like for me right now, I'm a Philly comic and I'm trying to break into the New York scene. So, yeah, they, they know me. They, they know I'm fun. But there's a, a certain culture that comes with that and you have to be around. You got to show face. You got to do don't, the hang. Don't let them see your act, you know. Well, I mean, no. Just, just develop them in other ways, like as a well, friend. As, yeah, <laughs> you cook for them for no yeah, reason. Well, but don't let bring, them see I what's them my, I bring them my mother's leftovers. That's that's my way in, you know. Steve, uh, uh, let, me, let me ask you a question. So given the playing field that we're in right now, you, short of developing, Meaning, the stage time is great, but the way to get booked into a movie or a TV show or, or even a stand-up spot on Kimmel, is to have three million followers, right? I mean, if you have three million followers, you, yeah, that's all like so, in the last ten years, the followers thing. Well, that, but that's my point. That's where we are now. So, like, I'm gonna go do spots in New York City for the first time in seven years. Yeah, I read that. I read that in the trades today that you're coming in. <laughs> Can't came through on the wire. <laughs> I I got to make some money, but like if I were, if right now I spend more time online, mm -hmm. uh, what you're doing right now is going to be seen by how many people? It, but more importantly, it's going to live online, and it's got the opportunity to be seen mm -hmm. by millions and millions and millions. Now I could tell you from this particular performance in your case it would, it would harm you but for me for me 
It's the power of A lot of ball break in the night. I love this group. <laughs> The, 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 the producer is also a really good editor, too, you know, so <laughs> you, got, you got that going on. No, but you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll the, oh, the music again. Well, more people will see this and it lives longer. And if they like you, they're going to come see you. And you, you're very likable, right? So this is. Uh, let's say you do Kimmel tomorrow and you're going to be seen by whatever his audience is called a million people. 500,000 may have been going to the bathroom at that time. Another 500,000 may have said, well, I'm going to check the basketball score. You don't know what the real shelf life is. Now, they put those things online, and that helps you. But the online helps you more than the live. So you talk about going trying to break into New York City. You want to break into New York City? Have a million followers. They'll put you on stage, hands down. Uh, that's just my perspective on it. I think it's all changed. Yeah, but Vin, this is where I disagree. I want to watch the best comedians every night. I want to follow the best comedians. I want to that 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 still exists in New York. You don't think that still exists? No, he's saying it still exists. He's saying how you that get that part of it still exists. On, yeah, that part but, of the well, culture still exists. Well, that's a different conversation than what I was having. Yes, there's a real value, and you will never get good at this business by not being on stage. And yes, you should go work where the best are. I'm not telling you not to get past to New York City. What I'm telling you is that when I got past to New York City, uh, you know, you had to go grind out. Mm -hmm. it, no, there was no internet. So you had to go up on stage after those guys and carry your weight. And I think that aspect of it has been replaced now with this guy's got 4 million followers. So, uh, yes, you want to be a good comic? There's no shortcut. Um, you know, I'm pretty confident that Dom can walk into any environment and kill. And I can, too. Uh, and you only get that way by doing that job, right? So there's that aspect of it. I'm talking about becoming famous and making money and getting booked. Well, that's all the Internet then, right? Because... Yeah, I think Brian Regan, Dom, that group of guys, they ground out an audience by the TV appearances and by going to the, the stress shows, factory yeah, or wherever and people going home going, I saw Dom Herrera and a hundred people going, who? Right. So I think that word of mouth thing is replaced by the Internet, which is a gazillion times more powerful. Oh yeah. What, what yeah, scene? What scene you think was more difficult, New York or LA? On stage. Stand up. I think the New York comics have a harder, more in tune audience. I Don, thought the LA Don, audiences. Tom, you, you agree? No, no. I think uh, I, I think if you're going to go straight to a, a city. To hang for a couple of years, New York is better than in LA. LA is tough for new guys. I mean, tough? You mean the audience is tough? Well, the numbers and all. I mean, it's, New York it's it's a much more positive thing to be a comedian. When you got to LA. What are you? you, you, you what is that thing that keeps? Yeah, where is that? <laughs> it's, 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 
You think I, it might it might be uh, somebody's phone? They have they have, they have so many uh, st- uh, great places that they, they can play in New York. At least like really three or four places. That's it. Yeah. I think the audiences of LA. To me, they seem like they're somewhat easier than the audiences in New York, and I think the comics in New York develop with a crisper edge. That's my perspective. And I think Philly and Boston, uh, I don't think Boston anymore, but I think it was true of Philly and Boston. And now like the Nashville guys, those guys are coming out and that's a very clean, you know, it's a really clean breeding ground. And those audiences don't want to hear filth. They will, but that's why Nate Bargatze and Aaron Weber and uh, Dusty Slay those guys down there, they're developing a really interesting style, which is, you know, I think that's also kind of fun, right? Because <clears throat> that that whole uh, that whole style is different than what you see in New York. In right. New York, everything's hard edge, and you know, I would watch Nate come into New York City and just annihilate Nate Bergazzi. And Yeah, and he'd follow. Guys were dropping a million F-bombs, and Nate's up there going, you know, my wife, you know, she doesn't understand can openers. And killing, because he was just so likable. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of different flavors now, which I think is fun, too. Yeah, then Austin's starting. It's, you know, Austin's really jumped off, too. Austin, right now, I think the hottest markets for development uh, are New York, L.A., they'll always be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin, uh, I think... Uh, Nashville, Chicago. I was in Chicago for two years, and I I say to everybody that comedy scene, I, I was getting on stage I was fifteen times a week. I mean, they weren't the best quality shows, but for someone that was at the time under four years in, I was getting a lot of reps and hours mm-hmm. in. So I mean, the 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 comedy in Chicago that is a comedy town, and Zanies. Then, I don't know if it's still the case, but they had shows seven nights a week with an audience. Yeah. There, there's, I don't know of a lot of East Coast clubs that can get a room every night of the week of just stand-up fans. Like, it's only Chicago 110. Has, what's that? There's only 110 people in that room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, it's... But, but it still had comedy fans seven days a week. They had stand-up. Are you, are you, seven days. You disagree with me? No, not at all, Dom. I would never do that. Excuse me. You know, Boston was for a while oh, yeah. red hot like that. I, you know, I they had that one Boston. street. There was seven clubs, you know, within two blocks of each other. And yeah. It was almost like a comedy district in a way. Remember Nick's? Um, Remember Nick's? Yeah, uh, of course. Nick's was really rough. I mean, it was all, all like the the mob and the police were all. You know, so I had the three guys. I got a ticket. Three guys wanted to fix it. You know, cops, or trash men, it's amazing. But we're, we're, we're working there a lot this, this time in my life. And I had a three-show three, three show Friday night, right? Uh-huh. Boston, now this tough fucking show. And uh, John Katz, who's so fucking mellow, I said, why don't you come uh, do the, the show tonight at 30? Because I don't want to go on there. I, come, I said, come on, John, we'll have fun, we'll have laughs, right? He's walking to the stage. They start booing him. Before he even said anything, 
boo. That like his bald head is like shining in this light. It's so sad. He gets on the on the stage, and he he looks at them, and he just he looks at it. He goes, "Satisfaction." Walked away. Some fucking one word. And they, they, could you imagine a tougher club is if they're booing you on the way up to the little bald-headed guy? Precisely. Think, so in Boston, I did a spot early in my career. I did it at Duck Soup. Dick mm-hmm. Dar- I think Dick Doherty had... It was right across the street from Nick's. Yes, it was. And um, on the show, I got, I got a spot. The show was like Lenny Clark, Steve Sweeney, Dennis Leary. Like it was Murderer's Row. Of Boston guys, and those guys at that time, they never left Boston. No, they, they made just, a great living there. Yep. Raised their kids. And I went up, and I, I did okay. And I think it was Lenny Clark goes, hey, "Good job." And I go, uh, <laughs> "Something like, I'd like to come up again." He goes, oh, "You'll never crack the lineup here. There's too many great guys here." But man, you're really funny. And I mean, <laughs> it, it was like so matter of fact, like, but. That show, there was that one guy that fell down the steps at the uh, Tonight Show. I can't think of his name. He died recently, but I, I mean, it was a, it was, yeah, you know, Bob Marley, all those great Boston comics, and that oh, was yeah. a legitimate scene. Uh, no more though. That, that yeah, I know. Of. The the only thing I can think of is New York and Chicago, where it's seven days a week. Well, LA. I, I mean, I don't know. Does LA have? You go to the comedy store tonight on a Monday or Tuesday. Is it going to be packed? Or the improv, Dom? You go the to the improv. Comedy the, st- the comedy store would be, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Th- th- those are the best three cities probably to develop: no. Chicago, New Ooh. York, and uh, San Francisco used to be too. Sure. Very yeah, good scene. I think Rogan's room might end up being seven days. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure it will be. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's only been open a week, but he's he's doing some killer promotions with it, and just his name being attached to it, and like all the talent that's going there to work the club, mm-hmm. it's uh, really making a lot of noise on the internet right now. He's gonna have a great room. I mean, you know, Joe's a, Joe's a real nice guy. I only know him a little bit. He's always been a gentleman. Dom's friends with him, obviously, but um, you know, Joe's room will be a monster room. And uh, from what I understand, uh, and I'm not sure about this, but uh, the weight room in the green room is just amazing. So, I'm sure he made a great club. <laughs> It'll be a great room. It'll be. I, I I just talked to someone. They told me that there's two. Mark Norman uh, told me there's two rooms, and it's connected by a tunnel or some crazy thing. So it'll be a great. And Joe will make Austin. He already did in so many ways. Because he moved to Austin, and a lot of guys moved to Austin uh, from L.A. Yeah, specifically so. for for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he had a whole like group. Of, 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 yeah. You know, he, yeah, he hired a lot of the staff, like the waiters, waitresses, and stuff, a year before it opened. He paid them. Really? To, yeah. He makes so I, much yeah. fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is, though. Uh, and again, I'm not. We're acquaintances. Joe and I are acquaintances. Um, so I'm not saying that we're friends, but every time I've been around Joe, he's just been a complete gentleman and a very generous guy. Uh, 
not necessarily me. I got him a beer. He didn't tip me. But the thing is that, uh, yeah, he took, like, I, it just takes care of the staff, takes care of everybody. And so whatever that guy does in the industry, he, he earned it he really the old-fashioned way. We used to play, we used to play, play pool every, every Sunday night. And then we couldn't play anymore because the guys kept bothering him, you know. Hey, these guys with Middle Eastern accents come up and you know, he's doing it. And he got to sell, you know, give him an autograph. For, and they don't give a fuck. You see him shoe pool, by the way. He's right under a pro level. Yeah, I've heard he's good, yeah. He's well, the last, time, the last time he was in New Jersey, he stopped in. Um, Brewer was on stage. He came in to see Brewer and say hi. And uh, he was in town to shoot pool and have steak. And as jealous as I am of his career, I was more jealous of that lifestyle. Yeah, I'm going to go to New Jersey and just have steak and shoot pool. What kind of man gets to do that when you're married? <laughs> I can't do that. I can't go to New Brunswick and shoot pool and eat steak. And my business is in New Brunswick. <laughs> Good guy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Dom, yeah. how you doing since your operation? Your back is all good? Terrible. Is it terrible still? I live in pain, yeah. I still, it's not, it doesn't hurt when I sit down. It hurts when I walk. So I got, I got a bicycle. You, 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 I feel like such a fucking old man. <laughs> when my bike. What's that? What's the prognosis for that improving? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's improving. I mean, it got really good for a year, and then it's, I think it's, I'm coming back. But I can't do long. I don't feel like doing long sets because of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You that. know, uh, remember Brett Leak? Yeah. I don't know. What, I can't picture him, but. Well, Brett Leak had um, uh, either MS. I think he had MS. Wow. Or. It's a good way to end the good way to end the show. Talking about diseases. No, 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 no. Brett you know, would you know, walk the, the, you know, you could die from the mumps. I love when people tell you <laughs> some. No, I'll tell you a story. I don't want to hear it. No, I'm just a kid. This is a good story. It. Brett was a very, very, very funny guy. And when he got to a point where he couldn't stand anymore, he was booked in the room, and mm. we were talking, and he was very sad. And he goes, oh, yeah, he goes, this, this is it. I can't, I can't do it anymore because I can't stand up. I said, Brett, you have to stand. Go up on stage and sit down. And you know he was self-conscious of his, of his ability to stand or walk or whatever. And I said, uh, Brett, just go up on stage and sit down and go. Well, I'm in a tough spot your whole life. You've been told not to laugh at the handicapped kid, and yet here I am. And he went up on stage. He took over the line. He murdered. He sat down and killed. Uh, I wouldn't book him anymore because he went long. But the thing is, <laughs> he was a great comic. Great comic. So uh, I hope that as a guest was concerned, despite my late arrival, I think I've been rather entertaining and gregarious. Many we brand, we had a blast. You really have. Very, very, very funny. Don, it, was, uh, it, was, it was okay. Yeah. Then plug, plug your uh, special one more time. Thank Thanks for coming. for doing the show. I'm going to say it's R.I.P., rest in peace, Fat Bobby. And I'm going to tell you something. It's a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a whine and a little bit of a compliment. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, 
and treating me like a comic and a colleague, which is very, very nice, and promoting the special for me. I've always loved uh, hanging out with you, Tom. You're, you're truly one of my favorite comics, but also, more importantly, uh, a good Thank friend you. and one of my favorite people. You're great. Uh, Steve, you were great at the club. I think you did a great job. Come back, please. Uh, Brian, I can't say that you added to this podcast. Uh <laughs> Did I take anything away from it? No, no, okay. you did not. All right. Well, you know, I'll break even. Yeah, I could, that's all I could ever hope for in life. You did great. You did great. Vinny Brand, thank you very much again. Vincent. Yo, Dom, that's our episode. Thank you. I love you, Vincent. Thank you, guys. Yo, Dom, over here. Hey, hey Dom, hey. Uh... Yo, Dom.